You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about scoring. More specifically, what happens when you don't get an in-system ball and the ball is just passed and you have an option. You have options. Like, what do you do? Do you set high inside? Do you set high outside? How do you score? Well, we're going to talk about when you don't have an in-system ball, how can you still be an effective score? So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 36 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Hey, my name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm here, hopefully, going to give you some value on today's episode. Uh, If you're a new listener, welcome to the podcast. You got 35 episodes to get caught up on, and if you are a regular listener, you already know I appreciate you guys tuning in showing some love, listening to the podcast, getting some value, and I really love when you guys share it with me. Um, so if you do have a chance, you know, rate and review the pod, get it up there. I think we've dropped a little bit in uh, in the United States ratings. I think in Great Britain and Canada, I'm still pretty high, and Australia, I'm pretty high as well. So I do appreciate all of you around the world. Um, but in the U.S., I've been dropping. So you know, any kind of ratings, uh, any kind of review would be great. Um, and yeah, just, just listen and, and learn. And I'm, I'm, I love I love these podcasts. I love doing them. I love engaging in the volleyball conversation with you all. So, you know, uh, keep keep me keep me on the top of the charts, you know, Do, uh, help me so I can help you guys. All right. But um, but regardless, I appreciate all of you listening. Uh, so today we are going to talk about uh, scoring. So what happens when you don't have an in-system ball? What happens when you don't have an in-system ball? Does that mean you're going to free ball it over and hope that your defense works out for you? Um, because you already know free balls, and if you didn't know this, 9 out of 10 free balls, you're supposed to score. You're supposed to score on the free balls. Um, so free balling is the last option we want to do. The very, very last option. We want to try to score on all balls. That's just the way it is. So let's figure out how we can do that. Well, the first thing I want to talk about is, you know, the the high ball versus, okay, so let's say, for example, you know, you get a pass, it's not in system, ball goes up, maybe high into the backcourt, um, but it's high enough where someone can go and set the ball, right, whether it's the setter or whether it's, uh, you know, a backcourt player. Now, it's funny, I want to say five years ago, maybe later, maybe, maybe later than five years ago, but anyways, not too long ago, the... The way that it was being taught, um, and I know university coaches, a lot of university coaches were teaching this at symposiums and clinics and stuff like that, was when you have an out-of-system ball, you want it to be high and to the outside of the court. So, you know, think about, let's say, let's say for example, the ball is coming from position six. Well, you want that ball, you know, nice and high, and you want it traveling to the outside of the court. So when the attacker comes in, he can track it. He's, he's contacting the ball, not inside the volleyball court, but relatively on the sideline or out. That's kind of where they wanted it to be. Now, I think the rationale for this was because 
we don't want it anywhere near the block. We don't want it inside the court because now the runway that the attacker has to take is much longer. We want them to be able to see the court um, a lot easier. And, you know, that way our efficiency can be higher. Well, that's the way that it used to be taught. I actually, I actually taught it that way as well. But what we found, well, I shouldn't say we, I, I didn't really find this out. The coaches I spoke to were uh, informing me of this is that, you know, the error rate was significantly high because you would come in on all these weird angles, right? They're setting the ball outside the court. You're coming in on all these weird angles. The antenna is in your way. Blockers would have a much easier time getting over because um, it's easy to take out the line. Or it's, no, it's not really a line anyways. Um, and it was just a harder shot for us to make. We're swinging off antennas. We're swinging off the tape. It was just, it wasn't a good, uh, it wasn't a good efficiency rating. So then the shift was then made to high inside the court, meaning we're going to still set the ball high, but it's going to be in between position uh, three and four but closer to position four, but it's still inside the court. And when we started doing this, the efficiency rating went up. Our offensive players were scoring a lot more because the error rate went down. And what we were doing, and my mentor, you know, Coach John Spra, says that it's one of his favorite shots in the game because it's high inside. As long as it's not tight, the, the attacker has, well, this is my saying, as long as it's not tight, the attacker has the advantage. But his point was, just go high off hands. So what if the if you have three blockers? So what? Go high off hands and make the defense work. Because again, as long as it's not tight to the net, you can do that. So when we started setting the ball high inside, you know, left sides, right sides, we're coming in, just swinging off the hands and the defense chases. And all of a sudden, the efficiencies were going through the roof. They were so much higher. And, I, and I've actually noticed in the last, I want to say in the last two years, I see most universities and pro teams going high inside. It's just what I see. So that's really important to note. Now, the next thing um, I want to talk about, taking out the setter. So here is a simple concept where... Let's say that for whatever reason, you know, the ball is passed high and we just, it's just, we're just not going to be able to swing on it for whatever reason. And you have to free ball it over. Okay. You have to free ball it, which happens a lot. Well, free balling is the last case scenario, but we could also salvage some of it. So the a very famous, and I think I would say it's still practiced quite a bit. Um, I use it all the time is free balling it to position one. Because three out of the six rotations, the setter is in position one. So if you were able to have the setter take the first ball, that's great because now you have not your best person with the hand setting the ball to your offense. And that's that's a great position to be in. Also, when you free ball to position one, the ball is being controlled and passed to the setter behind them. Now, just logically, a ball that is passed behind you is much harder to set than a ball that's passed in front of you, right? Tracking the ball becomes more difficult. Footwork becomes more difficult because you have to get around the ball and it's just an overall harder set to make if it's coming from behind you. So that is a great option is taking out the setter and or free balling to position one if you absolutely have to. Okay. That's, that's what I would say. All right. Strategy number three 
uh, in terms of scoring is, and this is one that that I think I coaches start training this early. Trust me on this, okay? Start training this early. What I I don't want to I don't want to say it's a pet peeve, but what I hate is if the second ball is set high, or if the ball is high, and you're 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 about to make your third contact, and you then let's say for whatever reason, okay? Let's say you know you made a bad pass, you pass it backcourt. And, you know, the person in, in position one just pops it up into the middle of the court, okay? Now it's high in the middle of the court, and you have one more contact to make. You have the third contact, and you choose to free ball it over. My question is why? If the ball is high enough where you can swing, I didn't say make a full approach. If you can make a full approach, great, that's even better. But if you can just swing on the ball, that is 10 times better than free balling it over. But it's something you have to train. It's not something that comes easy. We and we train this in our gym. Even at the younger age group, when I was coaching club, you know, not like it's it's not in the athletes. Um, like it's not a tendency when the, on the third contact, if the ball is not set or rather just bumped high in the air, you know, younger players tend to just okay, it's the third contact. No one said it. I'm just going to free ball it over and get ready to play defense. Well, I disagree. I want you to swing on that ball and yes in the beginning you are going to have errors oh 100 percent, you're going to have errors because it's going to be think about it. well first of all it's a really high ball it's harder to track when you're approaching and the, and, the, and the ball wasn't set you're not making a full approach Ch- not you know chances are you're not making a full approach and you may just be jumping on the spot and swinging but that's okay we need to train that I want you to train that. So one drill that we do, I mean, one drill you can do is really simple, is have a player just be stationary on the backcourt, have someone stand beside them and just toss the ball right up, and they are not allowed to make an approach. They have to jump straight up and make a swing. That's their job. And practice this. Because the more you practice it, the more they're going to get comfortable with this, and then they're going to do it in a game. And I, even even at the college level, sometimes I tell my guys, what are you doing? You're not bumping the ball back over the net. I want you to swing. Now, if you don't have the ability or you don't feel comfortable making a full swing, sure, 50% swing. You know, you build up to the point where you could just jump and swing and contact the ball um, at a good speed. But the fact is I want you to swing, okay? I want you to have the ability to swing. I want you to be comfortable to swing. I want that to be part of your game. And coaches, you have to be patient because there are going to be a lot of errors in the beginning. It's it's inevitable. It's going to happen, Okay. Another thing, and this kind of ties in um, with with the swinging on the on that high ball, right? Whether it's when it, on your third contact, is you do have to understand hitting lanes. Because one 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 thing I get from a lot of coaches is, well, they don't like whose ball is it? Well, if you understand hitting lanes, you understand left side, middle, you know, right side pipe, etc. You understand certain types of hitting lanes, then you don't. There's no question on who balls whose ball it is, right? You also have to understand the traditional the trajectory of the ball you know sometimes you have a, a high ball that it's kind of like in the middle of oh here's one i had a coach say well what if the ball is you know the, the second contact it was high it was in the middle of the court in like kind of around the attack line well whose ball is that well i want to think about that whose ball is it if the ball is you know uh, you know bumped up high and it's going to be landing on the attack line that's pipe that is your backcourt attack it's not your front court attack it's your backcourt attack to come in and swing that ball Okay. Now, if the ball is, you know, is going in the direction of the left side, like it's it's like in the middle of the court, but it's kind of moving towards the direction of the left side, then it's a left side attack. 
if it's right in the middle of the court front court and then it's middle and you, you you get what i'm saying with this right like it's a matter of understanding the hitting lanes because when you understand the hitting lanes um then you can understand who's you know whose ball it is and that, that will help with your decision making when to swing because you want to swing you want to at any point in time i'm going to keep saying this you want to swing on your third through your third contact you do not want to free ball it with your hands or or, or bump it over uh, i mean last case of course if you have no choice you know that's going to be going to one but you know that, that's kind of what you want to do. Another thing, and here is something. Now, this is not scoring per se, but it's going to give you the opportunity to score. And it's this concept called recycling. So recycling is this idea that let's say that, you know, the second ball, for whatever reason, is set tight and it's set inside the court, right? Tight inside the court. The, blockers, the blocker right off the back is going to have the advantage and it's really tough, and you know that if you jump and try to swing at this ball, you're probably either going to get blocked or you're going to commit an error. Well, recycling is the is the skill of hitting the ball at maybe 40 to 50% off the blocker's hands in which it comes back on your court, and then you bump it to your teammates and, play, and you guys play it out, okay? That is what recycling is, and this is something you have to practice. It, you have you can't you're not just gonna do it on, on the fly. So what I what we do is we'll have coaches on boxes, and they'll just have their hands because I, I want them to practice with hands. I don't want don't put up a pad. Don't just put up a pad or something like that. I mean you can at the beginning, but I want the players to get used to looking at hands because that's what they're gonna see in a the game. They're not gonna see boxes. They're not gonna see a pads in a game. They're gonna see hands. So I have, and you don't even have to have coaches. You can have players do this and they can cycle through. So you have two players or two coaches on boxes. Both of their hands are up over the net and you have an out-of-system ball coming or whatever the case is. And then you swing off the hands and stay low, get it back and play it back out. So you can practice this, you know, you know, you can have a free ball comes into libero. Libero is told just to pop the ball up into the middle of the court. You can have another line like of, of, of players that are setting the ball and you have another line of players who are hitting the ball. They hit off the blocker's hands back on your side of the court and then just bump it back out and then you catch and shag. And then after the player hits, they can then become the blocker on the box. After the player um, sets the ball, they can then become the hitter and you can kind of go in this motion and continue doing this. And this will help you. This will help you learn how to recycle. But the key to recycling, it's very simple. You aim for the blocker's hands. You don't swing heavy. You swing 50%, 40%, and you're aiming to go up off the blocker's hands back on your side of the court. All right? That, that's it. That's all you're trying to do. And then you'll see, before you know it, you're going to um, get more opportunities to score so this isn't a this isn't a play where you're going to score off this recycle you're not scoring off the recycle you're gonna get the opportunity to get the ball back on your side of the court so you can score okay so all these things that we talked about you know high inside versus high outside um, you know taking out the setter free ball into one swinging on all balls if they're high enough okay if they're high enough where you can swing you swing you know, understanding hitting lanes and recycling, it takes practice. It takes a ton of practice because the players have to get used to doing this, you know, these types of um, offensive plays. Uh, it's not just going to be something you tell them and you're like, this is what you do. You have to do it in a game um, or, or sorry, in, in practice for you to get better at it. And even the high inside and high outside, another thing to be aware of is all your players have to do this. You know, you know like not just 
your hitter is like all your players should be able to have the ability to have and this this works on ball control right they all have to have the ability to set that high ball outside or high ball inside rather so your player should be working on that setting all your players should have the ability to hit these balls as well and and um and here's another thing liberos okay you may say liberos absolutely liberos don't don't swing but what do liberos do as long as they're on the ground they can contact the ball above their head and swing just don't have them jump they should be able to swing a good solid down ball to the other side so it's not an easy uh, I know I'm not saying it's they're they're not going to be in system if they're a good team a, a good down ball they'll still be able to control the ball and be in system but it's still more difficult to control a good down ball than a, a simple bump in the air up you know onto the other side of the court so liberos absolutely can still work on this and work on that down ball. They just don't have to swing, and they can do it from backcourt. And I want you to practice this type of motion from all all, all areas of the court. So like I remember the example I gave you guys earlier where you have a, a partner, one player tosses the ball up and one player swings, right? Have them swing from multiple sides of the court so they can get used to that depth of the entire court. They can get used to it. They can see different angles. They can feel the different angles in practice. But like I said, it's going to take practice. Okay, it's not just something you're going to do right away. So these are five things that you can do to score on any ball that's not in system. And the faster you start practicing, the easier it's going to be for you to do it and to reinforce them. And the one thing I'll add to this as well is film. Film is going to be crucial because you can film this and you can delay it in practice. You can sh- you can do like a playback right away. You can film your practice and look at it afterwards. You can see it, it's, but it's going to take that, that practice to film because what the players are going to want to see is what happens is sometimes when the, the players are making mistakes because they don't have a full approach, it's normally because they're contacting the ball too low. So if they can see that they're contacting the ball too low, they're going to have a much better um, gauge of what they have to do when they go back on the court and practice the skill more. And again, it's it's also different for your body too. Your body slightly changes as well. It's not because you're not approaching. So make and make sure here's some cues to look at. Make sure their core is being engaged. Make sure that they're actually rotating and not just using their elbow and wrist to, to, to hit the ball. Make sure when they jump, they're opening and they're rotating their core, their torso forward and their hip. Make sure they're rotating it forward and then swinging so that one, you're preventing injury and two, you're actually getting as much speed on the ball as you can without making a full approach, okay? So you're not just jumping straight up and straight down. You're actually opening twisting that torso to engage that core and get that speed and then being able to follow through and swing and score all right so those are the cues to work on when you're doing this kind of stuff where you're just jumping straight up and straight down and again if you have a full approach where you have the ability to do a full approach by understanding your hitting lane and what is your hitting lane and then making that approach um, you're going to set yourself up for success all right so a little, little bit of a shorter episode for you guys today. Uh, I wanted to just you know get to the point really quickly, give you some value, give you some feedback so you can go back and, and apply it. Um, if you if you like what you heard, please again, review, uh, you know, give me a rating, let me know. Uh, I, I'd love for you to tag me on Instagram. You know, you could just take a picture of it or whatever, tag me on Instagram and that way um, I can kind of promote it on my Instagram and I can see who's, who's watching uh, and that's it. Yeah, and if you're not following me on Instagram, uh, Brian Singh underscore Coach B, get on there, follow me. I'm always posting some volleyball content and uh, I'm always trying to engage with everybody on there, all right? And um, I'll finish off with one more thing. I keep saying one more thing. Uh, If you are a coach out there, 
and you want to, you would like to have me as a mentor. You'd like to, you know, join uh, my move, my growth, my movement to help coach, coaches grow. Um, Digital Volleyball Academy. Join the waitlist. Go to digitalvolleyballacademy.com. Join the waitlist so when doors open, you can get in and you can fast track your growth as a coach. You can have me as a mentor in addition to other coaches, uh, and we can really get get a chance to connect, grow together, and I can give you some coaching and give you some solid coaching, and you know pinpoint exactly where you need to work on and work with you. I mean, at the end of the day, I love working with coaches. I just got up before I did this episode. I got off a great coaching call um, with our DVA coaches, and we talked about a ton of great stuff. And I love I love getting on coaching calls with our with our coaches because. Um, it just like the, the growth and the progress you see is so much better than just, you know, you guys YouTubing and Googling everything. You're not going to get the, the same results by doing that versus having the conversation, having, you know, myself as a mentor where I can fast track that growth. You can lean on my experience and you can really get, get those results faster. So, you know, it is, that, that's what it is. You know, if you, that's something you're interested in, join the wait list. I can't, I can't tell you enough. Doors will be opening, uh, you know, hopefully soon. Again, I opened at the beginning of January. I'll probably open it up again soon to welcome more pay, more people. Um, and yeah, you can join that movement with me. All right. That's it for me. Hope you guys had a great episode. And I will see you next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right. Cue the music. Look. Are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.